I just want to share with you, I mean, you, you are not alone. I just, as I've prayed and as I've gone through this week and spent some time in the Word and just praying and asking God what He would have me share this week as we finished our last thing that we talked about the last couple of weeks, talking about this generation, I really felt like this, this, this message of you're not alone. That's all I kept hearing, you're not alone. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know if you're a young Christian, not a believer, a believer for a million years. I don't know who you are, what's happening. But I do know to tell you this today, you're not alone. And then God just began to show me scripture after scripture after scripture and take me through all these different things and showed me a few things in a book that I'm reading and some other stuff that really helped me. Because like the song we sang earlier, it says, I know that you're with me, I know that you're with me, and I know that you're with me, so I will not fear. If you know that God's with you, if he know, you know that he's going to take care of you, if you really truly trust, really truly trust in him, then you don't have to be afraid of anything. You don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid of lack. You don't have to be afraid of sickness. You don't have to be afraid of people coming against you. You don't have to be afraid of things happening. You don't have to worry about people breaking into your house. You don't have to worry about all this stuff, somebody stealing your car and slashing your tires or whatever it might be. You don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff because God's with you, and he takes care of what's yours. He watches over you. I'm one of those people that drive back home three times because I'm not sure if I shut the garage door. And then I look, it's shut, then I drive away and I think, you know what, did I press the button on accident when I pulled up? So I drive back. Lori, you too. I mean, yeah, see, I just, something mom did to us. But, yeah. but it, I, you know, I, I'm learning to break, <laughs> I'm learning to break that. I'm learning, to, I'm learning to, to break away from that because as I drive away, God's saying, I'll take care of you, don't worry about it. And I'm learning to drive away, not turn back around and say, I know you got it, but I just want to make sure. <laughs> but I wanted to share with you just, just a few different scriptures, and I'm going to read them, and most of them are written on your thing. But in Deuteronomy in chapter 31, you know, it's, it's Moses, and he's sharing, and he's talking about Joshua to the people. And he, and he shares, and Moses went on and said, and he spoke to all of Israel, and he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I can no longer go out and come in. And the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross over. So the Lord God himself crosses over before you. He will destroy these nations that are before you and he will dispossess them joshua himself crosses over before you just as the lord said and the lord will do to them as he did to sion and og the kings of the amorites in the land when he destroyed them the lord will give give sorry the lord will give them over to you that you may do to them according to every commandment that i have commanded you annihilate them in verse 6 it says be strong and of good courage do not fear nor be afraid of them for the lord your god he is the one who goes with you he will not leave you and he will not forsake you and then he turns around and he shares with, Mo, with Joshua and he said to Joshua, hey, buddy, you need to be strong and be of courage, verse 7, for you must go with these people to the land which the Lord has sworn to your fathers to give them. Well, of course he has to go. Now he told everybody he was going. But he says, and you shall cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be what? With you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. And that was Moses speaking. And then if you turn just a couple pages over and you go to Joshua, and I've been all over this, and God's had me in these books for a while, and I've been reading through them and, and just, just paying attention to what God was speaking and saying. He said in verse 2, he told, he, told, uh, he told Josh, this is God speaking to Joshua now. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, to the land which I am giving you. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. And it says in verse 5, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 12, God told Moses as he was trying to explain to him, hey, this is what the deal is. You're going to be the man who's going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to bring your people out of Egypt. 
And Moses was telling him, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that. God told Moses then, I certainly, Exodus 3.12, I certainly will be with you. Now, Moses had to learn to understand that. Moses had to learn to get that in his heart, that God is with us, God is with us, God is with us. If you, then you have, the, you have the boldness to walk into Pharaoh and say, let my people go. No. Well, okay. Ain't my problem. Then what God do? Plague. Then he comes back and says, hey, let the people go. Nope, not my problem. What happened? Plague. Moses didn't have to go in there and plead. He didn't have to beg. He didn't have to do all those things. Why? Because certainly God was with him. He said, here are the signs that will show people. Throw the stick. Put the hand in. Take the hand out. Put the hand back in. Take the hand back out. Pick the stick up. Pick the snake up. It becomes a stick. I mean, he told him all of those kind of things. And he told Joshua the same thing. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. And the people knew that God was with Moses. When he came down off the mountain, his face shone and all those things. I mean, they knew that he was. Now he's telling Joshua, the same way that I was with him, I'll be with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. That's what he goes on and says. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't change. It keeps going on. Gideon's, you know, when Gideon was, was going back and forth with the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord said, God will be with you. And then he said, yeah, 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 I don't know. I'm not really sure. And then a little later he said, surely God will be with you. He didn't say, go on and hopefully God shows up. He said, God is going to be with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. And when the disciples, and I shared about this a little bit on Wednesday night when we talked about the Holy Spirit, but the disciples were in a position where Jesus was getting ready to do what? Leave them. But see, he wouldn't leave them alone. He said, You've got, I've got to go and be with my Father because if I don't go and be with my Father, then I won't be able to send you the Helper. And the Helper is going to be what, with what? Them. Just like the Helper is with you. And that Jesus could only be one place at one time at that moment, but now he can go and he can sit at the right hand of the Father and he can send the Holy Spirit in his place. And the Holy Spirit could be in each one of us at all the time so that we know that he is always what? With us. It's not that he resides in this place. It says in, in, in the Corinthians, it says, he, you, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of you. So that means that God is with you. And if you understand that song that we sang earlier and you go back and you read these scriptures, the two things that are always put together is, I am with you, do not be afraid. You, know, you rarely read one without the other somehow. Rarely did God say, you know what, I'm with you. Most of the time in those scriptures, he said, I am with you, be strong and courageous. I am with you, do not fear. Do not fear because I am with you. He put those things together all the time. And I began to ask him and say, what, what is, you know, I don't, what, all of these things were coming at me all, all, all at once. And I've been reading this book on boundaries. And uh, it says when to say yes and how to say no. So if you ask me something and I say no, blame the book. I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm reading the book. And uh, it says how to take control of your life. But I just felt to get this when I was in Tulsa. And I've been reading it because I got some people that need boundary help. And so I was going through it. And uh, there's, this, there's, a, there's a part in here that talks about how boundaries are formed and, and how young people bond with mothers. And it really spoke to me because it was a lot like the way that, that, that the Lord wants to bond with us. And, and the thing to do with, with mamas and babies is when babies are born, there's this idea that the mother and the baby are one. They have been one. And then when the baby's born, then they are one. And this baby learns to rely on mama. Now, it can be a man too, but I'm telling you, dudes, we can't feed them like mamas can. So, you know, just go on from that, if whatever. But that's, that's, part, that's part of it. That every need that this baby has, mother supplies. 
It's called symbiosis. It means that they're one. And when the baby starts crying because the mother's not there, the mother's the one who comes and soothes the baby, right? Because the baby cries and, and dad picks it up and goes, I don't know what to do with this thing and brings it in like this and gives it to mom and then the baby just goes, oh, why? Because there's, there's a bond that's being formed. There's a trust that's being formed. Every time the baby needs something, mommy takes care of the need. Every time the baby whines, the mommy takes care of it. Every time the baby's wet, the baby, mommy changes the diaper. Every time... <laughs> most of the time and then every time the baby's hungry mama feeds the baby and mama begins to meet all of the baby's needs and then the baby learns that mama and in 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 here one or mama and she are one now here's the thing doesn't always stay that way because the babies grow up and they mature but they still need that security they still need that comfort and there's a second part to this all of that stuff in the beginning all of those thousands of times that mama and baby, mommy comes over, takes care of baby, all those times that mommy is meeting the needs of the baby, the baby is understanding that mama is the need meter. But over a period of time, the baby grows and goes into a state called emotional object constancy. I'm not a psychologist, I just wrote it down. It's in the book. But here's the idea. The idea idea means that that baby now can mature and know that it's going to be okay because even if it goes away from mom, it still knows that mommy's with it, that mommy's going to take care of it, that mommy's going to watch over it, that mommy's going to protect it, that mommy's going to provide. And the deal is with us spiritually in our life is that we know that God is our Abba Father, that he cares for us, that he takes care of us, and that he loves us, that Jesus gave his life for us so that we could have an abundant life, so that he can provide for us healing and blessing and all those things. And that in that moment, in that time, if you look in Ephesians, it says that you become rooted and grounded in love. See, this is who we are physically, but that just mimics the relationship that we have with God spiritually. See, you're rooted, it says in Ephesians chapter 6, you're rooted, or Ephesians chapter 3, you're rooted and you're grounded in love. It says in Colossians chapter 2 that you're rooted and grounded in Him. Why? So that if I'm rooted and grounded in him, I can be over here and I know that he's still with me. I can be over here and I know that he'll still take care of me. I can be in a situation. Why? Because I'm rooted and grounded, just like the baby and the mama. The baby is grounded. The baby is rooted. The baby knows that mama's going to take care of it. If I need something, who do I call? Mama bear. As I grew up, I knew if I could just get to my mama, it'd be all right. Because mama would take care of me. She would make a way for me. Mama, could you write me a pass today? I'm a little late to class. I don't even work in the school. It's all right. Just make a way for me. See, and as believers, what we need to have a firm grasp of, a firm understanding of, what we need to be rooted in and grounded in is his love and him. God is love. We need to be rooted in that so that when we are walking in this earth, we do know that he resides with us and that he has our best interests at heart. See, and he told Moses that. Then God told Joshua that. He spoke it to him. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Why? Because he needed to know. He needed to be rooted in that fact that God is with him. Because if God is with him, then he does not have to fear. If God is with him, then there's nothing that he can't accomplish. Doesn't it say in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes, I, I, I know how to be abased. I know how to bow. I know how to all of these things. That doesn't matter. What matters is I can do all things through what? Christ who strengthens me. I am rooted and grounded. Why? Because he went to the desert. said, Paul went to Arabia. He didn't come and get all of his knowledge from somebody else. He went and got all of his knowledge where? From God. And he sat in the desert in that place in that time. It's in Galatians. 
He says, I went and I was in the desert and I was in the tough place. Why? So God could teach me and he could show me and I could become rooted and grounded in who he is so that I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. That means having little and having no much. And I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, not on my own. He says, I know that he will meet all of my needs according to what? His riches in Christ Jesus, just like the baby and the mama. But see, he had to go and he had to be in a place and he had to get rooted. He had to get grounded in the things of the Lord. But once you know that, then it's easy to move forward. Once you know that that's true, then fear won't hold you back. It won't stop you. It won't keep you. You know you can go forward. God does not desert you. In John, it says in chapter 16, 32, it's not part of his nature. The word desert, I don't know if it's on there or not. It says to leave without intention of return, to fail someone in time of need. God will never leave you. He said he'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you in time of need. John 16, 32 Jesus was speaking to the disciples, and he was trying to tell them, you know, as he was sharing with them, he said, indeed, the hour is coming, yes, that, and now has come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and you will leave me alone. And see, this is, this is the, probably, the, this is the deal for believers. He hasn't left us, but we leave him. You know when you're a prodigal. You know when you're wrong. You know when you're off. You know when you haven't been with him. You know how when you haven't been. He hasn't left me. I've decided to leave him. He hasn't not come to meet with me in the morning. I decided to get up and not meet with him. See, he told the disciples, my nature isn't to desert you, but your nature is. So you need to be less like you and more like me. He said, the hour is coming when you will leave me alone. And yes, I know I'm alone. I am not alone because the father is with me. The father's not going to leave him. The father's not going to forsake him. Just like the father won't leave you and he won't forsake you. The question is, are we going to be the ones who stay with him? See, are we going to be the ones who stay with mama? I'm here for you. Right here. I always tease my brother because he, he moves lots of far away. And Lori and I are here with mama, just helping her out, taking care of her, doing whatever she needs. See, are you meeting with God? Are you the one that's deserting him or are you the one that's coming to him and saying, ah, I'm right here? See, that's important. He's not a deserter. God doesn't desert you. People say, I feel alone. God's deserted me. No, he hasn't. God doesn't desert us. That's not in his nature. That's not who he is. Mama's not going to desert baby. Mama's going to fight, do everything she can to keep baby safe, to take care of baby. But as baby grows, the baby makes choices. Baby becomes teenager. Teenager makes choices. Teenagers becomes young adult. Young adult makes choices. See, the choices have to be made with that person, whether they're going to keep that relationship with their mommy, not, not being that, you know, but, you know, that relationship that says, I know you're with me and you're not going to leave me. Or the baby just walks away and does its own thing. But mama still, mama's heart still to what? To love. To make a way. To protect. I'm, 40, I'm 43, and she still wants to make a way for me. Still wants to protect me. Still wants to watch over me. Still wants to take care of me. Still does all of those things. Don't, don't, don't cross me because you'll cross her. <laughs> that, gets, that gets a little rough, you know. That, but, that, but that's true. In Matthew 28, you know, it says in Matthew 28, 20, it says Jesus, Jesus was speaking and he told the disciples, go out and do all these things. And he said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end. He won't leave you. He said he's going to be with us until the end. That's why he sent the Holy Spirit so that they could, God, the, the triune man, you know, the, spirit, the, the, the triune father, God, the father, and the Holy Spirit, and the son, they, he could be with you at all times. 
Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. I'm sure to them they thought, what are you talking about? But see, he had already died and he had already risen at that point. He was telling them these things. In Hebrews 4.16, it says that you can come boldly to the throne room of grace in time of what? Need. The word desert at the very end says you're not going to leave somebody in time of need. You're not going to fail. The deserter is somebody who fails you in time of need. He won't. He says, I will actually help you more in time of need. Because his grace is his ability for you. See, it's him doing it through you. It's his unmerited favor. It says he will pour it all out to you where you are in time of need. That's important. Psalms 136, 23. In the Message Bible, if you read that, it says, God remembered us when we were down. His love never quits. It says he rescued us from the trampling boot. His love never quits. In verse 25, it says, he takes care of everyone in time of need. His love never quits. Thank God who did it all. His love never quits. His love never quits. It never stops. He never gives up. Lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. Just like he told Moses, just like he told Abraham, just like he told Joshua, just like he told Gideon, just like, I mean, you go down the list, man. God told him, God told him, God told him, God told him. I love you. I'm not leaving. I'm not doing it. Now, he did tell him this. Seven times Joshua was told. Seven times from Moses in Deuteronomy through Joshua 1 before they went across the river, God spoke to him through Moses and then of himself, do not be afraid. He said, be strong and be courageous. Seven times. Moses told him and God told him in Deuteronomy 31 and then Joshua chapter 1. Do not be afraid. But what did that go with? I am with you. See, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Many things in life are won by people who were just courageous enough to go do it. That's all. Now, maybe you're anointed, yes. Maybe you're called, yes, whatever. Maybe you were just the guy on the spot who said, you know what, I'll do it. Look at David. David and Goliath. I mean, do you think that it was ordained? Yes, you know, I, it was ordained that David did that, sure. But he stepped up and said, what's going on, fellas? They're all like cowering. Oh, I'm scared. Don't be scared. Who is this guy who comes against who? The God, our Father, the one who's brought us to this place and set us free and taken us to where we need to go. Who is he coming against? Our God. And they said, you know, Saul said, you are just a what? Youth. Don't let anybody despise your youth. Don't let anybody tell you if you're young here today. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't do that. Don't let anybody talk you out of what God's putting. God is with you. He is for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you, whether you're 12 years old, 15 years old, 32 years old, or 75 years old. It doesn't matter who you are. God is with you, and he's for you. Don't let somebody despise your youth and tell you you're too young to do something. Saul was trying to tell David, you're just a youth. He said, I'm not a youth. I'm courageous. Get out of my way, pal. I have killed the lion. I have killed the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be the same as them because my God will deliver me. Why? Because he's with me. David, David, see, he understands that principle. He knows that. He's been anointed. Samuel came to his house and poured oil on his head. He understood what that meant. And he said, man, this is it, man. This guy stands against God. God is for me. He's against this guy. Let's move forward right now. Why are we all standing around? And they all looked at him. How dare you? Well, hey, good for you. They weren't saying how dare you about 15 minutes later when he knocked that guy out, cut his head off. Then they all went, we knew you could do it. Well, see, David, I mean, he knew that. He was a youth. 2 Timothy 4.12 4, says, don't let them despise your youth. 
Jeremiah, if you can put that up there, one. Jeremiah 1, 4 through 8. If you're young, I just felt to tell you this today, and there's three scriptures that, that go along with this. But in Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 4, God's speaking to this young person. And he says, go get him, go do it. And this young person says, I don't know so much. He says, I'm just, you know, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of young, I'm a youth. He says in verse 4, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet in the nations. And then I said, ah, Lord God, but I cannot speak for I am a youth. People always want to tell God why they can't do it. And, And why is that? Because they know they can't, but what's God telling them? It's not you, it's me. See, God's always speaking. It's not you, it's me. Quit telling me what you can't do and just listen to what I tell you I'm gonna do. When I say that you do this, that's me doing it through you. Jesus said, I can do nothing of myself, but only what I see the Father do. See, without him, we we are useless. I don't care how talented you are, you're only going to go so far. Because it's in him that you can do all these things. And he says to God, oh, I can't speak, I'm just a youth. But the Lord said, do not say I am a youth. Okay. And, you know, don't say I am, don't say I can't, don't say I won't, don't say I'm too old, don't say I'm too young, don't say I'm too sick, don't say I'm too poor, don't say I'm not educated enough, don't say all that. If God said he's with you, he's for you, he will not leave you or forsake you, do not be afraid, do not get up and go. It's not you anyway. It's not you anyway. When, when you have a revelation of this, this is fantastic because you just, you just go forward with what God said. Why? Because he's with me. I don't have to worry about anything. I can get on a plane. I can fly wherever I want to fly. I don't worry. I don't get nervous. Bump, bump, bump. Yay. Now, if God says don't get on that plane, I ain't getting on. But he hasn't said that yet, so I keep getting on. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid. I can drive through the storm. I can sit through the whatever. I, can, I, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid. Why? Because God's with me. In the Sudan, I faced everything that I was scared of, afraid of, didn't like, freaked me out. I've shared this before. I faced all of those things. It was like the last straw, you know, like, okay, fine, God. I I trust you. You're with me. You got me here. You're going to bring me home. I get it. I don't have to be worried. I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to fear anything because you're with me. In Deuteronomy, in chapter 20, verse 1 through 4, he's telling everybody, don't be afraid. Deuteronomy verse 20, or chapter 20. It says, When you go out of battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them. Now, I like this verse because in a minute here I get to say something. But it says, Do not be afraid of them. For the Lord your God is with you who brought you up from the land of Egypt. See, he says, when, when you look out and you see all those things that are more numerous than you, when you look out and see all the reasons why this won't work for you, when you look out and see all the ways this can't possibly happen for you, don't be afraid. When you go out to battle, not when you go out to sunbathe, when you go out to battle, don't be afraid. No matter what you face, as I lead you out there, I am with you. And then he goes on and he says, so it shall be when you are on the verge of battle that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. You are on the verge of battle. Listen up. Today you're on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. And do not tremble or be terrified because of them. 
not them in Deuteronomy, you in this place today. Don't be afraid. Don't tremble. Step out in faith. Trust God. He is with you. I'm not with you. He is with you. I can only be one place at one time. Just like Jesus said to the disciples, hey, 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 I've got to go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. See, I can only be with you today in this place. I can only be with you one place at Starbucks or at the mall or wherever it is. But Jesus is with you all the time. And he's the one who's speaking to you today. Do not be afraid. Do not let your heart be faint. Do not tremble. Do not be terrified by them. Why? For the Lord your God is he who goes with you. To fight for you against your enemies and to what? Save you. See, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Because God is with you. Not because I am. Not because Pastor John said so. Because God said so. God is with you. In Matthew, in chapter 14, this, is, this became true to me, and I want to do this real quick as we get ready to finish up here. But it says in Matthew 20, uh, sorry, it's not 24, it's 14. Is that what I said? I had it wrong on my notes earlier. In Matthew chapter 14, it's the story, and we like to look and, and focus on Peter as, as he steps out of the boat a little later in this verse 28 and on down. But it says, it says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. And he said, well, he sent the multitudes away, and then he went, and he sent the multitudes, and he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. It says in verse 25, now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Now, they were on the sea. They were in a boat. At that time, Jesus had not yet gone to be with the Father, so the Holy Spirit had not come, so they were alone. He was not with them. And if God is not with you and you are alone, you're not walking with him, you will be afraid. No matter what you face, you're going to be afraid. See, in this instance, they were in a boat. Jesus was not with them. The Holy Spirit had not come. I don't care what they know. I don't care what they've seen. He was not with them, and so they were afraid. When the tempest and the storm rose up, and when the disciples saw him walking in the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost! <laughs> and they cried out for what? For fear. But immediately, Jesus spoke to them and said what? Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid, I'm here. See, that's the, that's the end of it. Do not be afraid. It's me, I'm, it's okay. They don't have to be afraid when he's there. But when he wasn't there, he wasn't, he wasn't yelling it as he walked up. They were scared, why? Because he was not with them. But all through the word, it says, I am with you, do not be afraid. I am with you, do not be afraid. He showed up on the scene, and what did he say? I am with you, do not be afraid. Not those words, but he showed up and said, it's me. It is me, it's not a ghost. Don't be afraid. And I'm sure they went, oh, yeah. Just like when you're in trouble at school, and you know you didn't do it. And mommy shows up, and you go, oh, yeah. Until mommy says, smack them. <laughs> then you're in trouble. Nowhere in the armor of God in Ephesians does it say, put on the whatever of fear. It says all the opposite stuff. It says, hold up the shield of faith. It says, swing the sword of the spirit. It says, gird your feet in the gospel of truth. It says, put on the helmet of salvation, the blessed plate of righteousness. See, it doesn't, it doesn't go off and say, you know, put on the feather of fear. It doesn't tell you to do that. Fear is not part of the armor of God. It's not part of who you are. Second Timothy, right, in chapter 1 says, Stir up the gift within you so that you realize and understand that you don't have a spirit of fear, but what? Power, love, and a sound mind. Don't fear. Why? Because God's with you, Timothy. 
How do you know he's with me? Because he said, stir up the gift. And the gift is what? The infilling and the power of the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues. He said, he's with you. He's in you. Do not be afraid. But if he's not, you might as well be scared because you got a bad, you got a bad thing coming. I'm excited about this. This kind of fires me up. This is good stuff. See, the Holy Spirit has come now. And Timothy, he's the only, see, laid on of hands, right? What is on the inside of you, he says to him. Hey, what's in there, buddy? Come on, stir up the gift. Why? That's how you know you don't have to be afraid. Why? Because when you stir up the gift, you know he's with you. You're not wondering anymore. You're not scared. You're not worried. You're not anything. Man, you're like, oh, you're solid on the inside. See, you're rooted and grounded in love. You're rooted and grounded in him. God is perfect love. Perfect love casts out what? All fear. Why? Because he's in you. You can't, be, you can't mix them. You can't put them together. This is simple, but it's powerful. It will set you free in your life. I'm telling you, it'll set you free. You won't have to fear. You won't have to worry. I don't have to worry where the meal's coming from. I don't have to worry where the check's coming from. I don't have to worry where the stuff's coming from. I don't have to worry about that $100,000 coming from. This. I'm telling you what, go out and do what God told you to do, and we'll have $100,000 or more in this place, I'm telling you, July 30th. Done. Finished. Why? Because God said, and he's with us. He's with us. I don't have to. Once you know what God said, once you know that he's with you, once you know that he won't leave you and forsake you, once you know he's leading you that direction into battle against horses and chariots and things that are bigger and more numerous than you, don't be afraid. Do not let your heart faint. Go back there and read that again. Deuteronomy chapter 21 through 4. God is love and perfect love casts out all fear. Now here's the deal. Here's the good stuff. When you don't have to be in fear, you get to be joyous. See, your countenance isn't, oh, my goodness, it's a ghost. See, your countenance isn't, oh, how are we going to make it? Your countenance is, woo, it's God's deal, man. He's with me. I'm good. I'm anointed. I can go to work. I can go to school. I can love my wife. I can love my friends. I can love my life. I can do what God called me to do. I can help set people free. I can touch people over here. I can do this over here. I can do it all. Why? Because God's with me, and he's not going to leave me, and he's not going to forsake me. And every morning I wake up, and I know that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. So I get in his presence because he won't desert me, and I purpose in my heart not to desert him. And if I stay in his presence, then his presence brings fullness of joy in my life. Jesus told the disciples in John, in all 14, 15, 16, as he was talking to them, he kept saying, I tell you these things so that your heart will be full of joy. The church today hears those things and then begins to think about all the reasons why it won't work, begins to think about all the reasons why this can't happen, begins to think about all the things in their life that don't line up with that. And where does that go? Right to fear and joy goes out the window. Jesus said, listen to what I'm saying. It will bring you, I'm I'm speaking these things and pouring them into you so that your joy will be full. I can do the Snoopy dance with my feet all the time. Why? Because God's with me. I can't count on you. (laughs) I can. I try to. I count on God. I have to. I can't do it. I'm just like you, whatever that situation is. Called the pastor of this church. Fantastic. I can't do that. But I do know that God can through me. See, I can't lead my household. I can't make the right decisions. We can't handle our finances. We can't handle all the stuff going on in our house, but God can through us. We can't, I couldn't raise my kids to save my life. I was a horrible parent. I wasn't good at it. It's part of the reason why I got this book. I could never tell Rachel no. So I had to learn when to say yes and when to say no. 
You've heard the story. Her mom told me, you know what she's doing? She's just coming to you because you always say yes. Because Rachel had told her, mom said no, and she said, I'll just go ask dad. And she said, you've got to start telling her no. So we were at the store, and Rachel came up and said something to her, and she said no. And she also asked dad. So she came over to me and said, daddy, can I have this? And I said, no. And her world fell apart. She looked up at me. And his little eyes, you know, and just said, but you, you never say no to me. I said, I know. Mom said to start saying it, so I just said it. So put it up. Get it off yourself as fast as possible. But joy is great happiness. See, it's, it's great happiness. It's caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Now think about it. Isn't Jesus exceptionally good and satisfying? It says he's the bread of life, and he says he has the river of water. And it says if you drink from this, see, if you drink from this well, you'll never get thirsty again. Why? Because he's satisfying. He's satisfying. He'll fill you up to overflowing. And then you'll have joy. Joy and peace in your life like you've never had before. See, I've got sorrow. It says in Psalms 35, it says that there may be, there may be sorrow for a moment, that there may be some things in the night, but what comes in the morning? Joy. And it says a great joy. Listen to this, what it says. It, it's this word, and then we'll finish and we'll stand up. Corey, you want to go play? You were doing really good for a while. Now you've kind of slowed down on me. He was. He was staying with me, man. He kind of knew, and he kind of went up there and started playing before I was, I was really getting into it. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, ready to pray, man. Don't worry, he's with you. I may be leaving, but he's going to be with you. And I know you'll be all right. God's going to take care of you. I'll be back. <laughs> but this word that it says joy comes in the morning. See, there's sorrow. There, there's, there's, a, there's a time. You face things. You face situations. It says, but this is only going to last for a moment. Get out of yourself. Get out of yourself. Remember, remember who I am. He said, I've told you all these things. You remind yourself, man, write them down. That's why I say, write the scriptures down. Go back to them. Why? Because your joy comes back. And it says this word, rena. It says it means it's, it's, it's a joy that comes like this. It's a shout of rejoicing, shouting, loud cheering and triumph, singing. It describes the kind of joyful shouting at the time of great victory. What did we talk about two weeks ago? Vapors. Vapors. As you sing and as you shout, we said there's some victories like Joshua had that you won't see until you learn to shout a great shout of triumph. Come on. He's with you. He's with you. You're not alone. You're never alone. He's with you. Even when you cry out in the night and say, oh, I'm so alone. No, you're not. He's with you. Let's stand up together today. Amen. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you have drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.